Okay, Boker Tov, good morning. So, we are on a new topic, which is Umanus, which is um, careers, jobs, parnasa. Actually, it's uh, a remarkably, in, in, in Torah literature, uh, it's certainly spoken about, but it's, interestingly enough, I actually get a decent amount of questions about it, but... Um, a lot of people don't think about it. You know, they, they, they think more their job, eh, they put it on a secular plane. And really, when you think about it, for most people, <laughs> so a large majority of their best years are connected, day, their best their daytime hours are connected to the job they do. So Amr Chazal, the Gemara says in Kedushin Pebezimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
uh, about the conservative reform movements, the validity. I'm happy to, to, be, to take the, the true Torah view. I, I wouldn't. I, even, I wouldn't even do it for fun, take the other view. Uh, I, I couldn't. It would be such a sell of everything I know is truth. Like, uh, can I take the debate that the eating pig is good for you? Like, why would I want to do that? So I'm just giving you a very simple example that, there, that even if something's not illegal, because of course we'd all know, I don't need to tell you, but things illegal. You should not teach your child, kids to be drug sellers. Good. You should not teach your kids to do things which demand. Uh, being, doing, you know, not paying. And, you know, by the way, I'm sure you all know this, even today, if you're an oral de- or surgeon or in medicine, whenever you deal with government money, it's, and all, always, you always see these, these scandals. The method insurances in government, there's a big gate Sahara. There's a big evil inclination to rip the government off. The government are the worst auditors of the world. Uh, sometimes it's unfair, and you say, well, if it's unfair, why should I go along with their unfairness? Um, and the answer to that is either move to a different state or a different country. But if you're in this country, you have to follow their laws. You know, uh, the unfairness is, is, is state law. Move to a different state. But you cannot be a thief. I'm saying Nikia also means you can't sell yourself. Right? There's a certain level of a person has to be, right, if you're in an environment uh, which is, you know, you want to be a lifeguard. It's a lifeguard. So you can say it's legal, nothing wrong, uh, saving lives. That's also I would say I couldn't be a lifeguard. I, I, I would be, I would be, I would be scared from Anashama right away. Nike. It's certainly permitted, by the way, to save lives. You can say it's okay. You know, I'm not saying it's it's forbidden. I think for most people it's forbidden. But but I can hear a argument for some people. By the way, if I say lifeguard, I'm talking about a. a not an all men's beach. All men's beach. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about that. You know, life on all men's beach. You can go to Israel, go to Netanya, Tel Aviv, Ashdod, anywhere else. You know, what I'm Ashdod has one, Tel Aviv has one, Netanya has one. Well, it doesn't go to the type of beach. It goes according to the day a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, right. But the days that have the set, it's the right. The, Do they have ladies' day and men's day? Yeah, in Israel, in Israel in the summer. In some, so, not all, not all beaches. There are there are yeah, beaches yeah. that have separate days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's there's a huge clientele for it. Um, so my point is is that the, the, the key means that you, you, you're able to be the person you could and should be. You're not selling yourself. You're not in an environment which you can call yuck. I mean, even if you're in an environment where you're going to be innocent and good. If people around you, it affects you. Where Ramam says you're affected by your sviva. Now, in the, today's world, the, the, the Gentile environment is certainly not our world. So that there are levels of that, and a person has to know what their comfort zone is as far as what they feel they're selling themselves in and what they're not. You know, I, I don't think that anyone's going to tell you that Google or Apple or Intel is, uh, is the Kaisal area. Is, you're, in, you're in the Mir Yeshiva. No? You feel like you're in the Mir Yeshiva? Everything gets luck. Right? Do you feel like you're in a beach? Mm. Okay, so you can, you can work there. If you told me you're in a beach, we got to talk. Uh, in between, something in between, yeah. And that's, but, but that, 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 and then and a person has to know their comfort zone. Vikala means uh, that it's, it's easy. It means if you, uh, let's go back to law. Let's say there are law jobs, I, I, I know a little, a little bit about law. Uh, there are law jobs where there's 16 hours a day. And, uh, you know, if you're working for a top 50 firm, Typically in New York, Washington D.C., maybe in L.A., 
um, you'll pay paid very well. You can actually be a, it could be Nikia, uh, certain areas of law for sure, but it certainly isn't Kala. It's you know your your hours are so intense. I'm not saying every firm and every area of law, but most it's really it's brutal hours. If you're billing 2,500 hours a year of law, right? How many hours is we can bill, including vacation weeks? That's at least 50, 50, at least 50, every, and that's if you have, don't take off. Right, that's billable hours. Right, billable. Billable means it's not including your commute. It's not including, you know, your lunch break. It's not including the, 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 the company meetings, which you have to go to. Okay, it's, those are billable hours. So that's not kala. Kala means that you could do it. It also means kala means... Like, you know, I had someone tell me recently they had a job offer and they weren't that good at it. They would have been, they would have been mediocre. So there's, there's, it's a little bit beyond that, but it's also it's not easy for you, right? You have to know you, what you could do well. Uh, there, there is a, a, a more thing beyond, at least beyond that. It's the common means something you could do easily. You know, if you're a nervous wreck when you're doing the job, you just get by the deadline, et cetera. It's not for you. You ever have people in your team that way? It's like, until... Okay. I imagine they hire, they have decent hires there. They don't just hire, right? But there are certainly in certain areas that people are just not qualified. And so it's not college for them. And some jobs, it's, it's that, that really uh, the hours themselves are brutal. Uh, the truth is, is everyone should think of a Nerai, which means I would leave every other tra- uh, uh, every other job. I teach my kid only Torah. Now, the Pnei Shua and many others say the following thing. This is only when they're younger. Which means, we, the, the person, we started, a father is obligated to teach a kid a job. But if you don't teach your kid Torah when they're younger, they're never going to get it. And they're never going to be a Torah Jew. So the first thing he says is, I would leave teaching all kids. And this is, by the way, again, whatever circle you are today in the Torah world, the Orthodox world, all circles are teaching their kids Torah primarily when they're younger. When they get older, there's different approaches. Um, I have my own opinions on some of them, but, uh, but, but the reality is, is if you, that when you're younger, certainly the focus is the kid. If you're teaching your kid to be a doctor from age 10, 8, 9, uh, you're going to be misapplying things. Right? Uh, it's, it's, it's essential that a kid has the point is when he has to go to work right, when there's an age we, and today we know that there's certain ages unless your family has money or the kid is going to be living very, very, very simply they're going to go to work so if the case is, is people need to go to work and, and again, without getting into sociological realities in the world we live in today, um, most children uh, are not going to stay in Limanat Torah for past a certain age because they, they burn out or they, they need money or a million other reasons. They have no any personal satisfaction. There could be multiple reasons for this. So if that's the case, if, if the vast majority of, of people are going to go out so they should learn something that they can make a living, okay? That they could be, they could be uh, successful. You don't know 
what tomorrow will bring. Things change, right? So even if you have a family business, you have to be a certain concern. There are wealthy people who lose it all. You know, there, there, there. If, if Bernie Sanders wins the president, God forbid, you can forget about it. I was just talking to someone yesterday about a Fry Lindenbaum on his father's mother's side. It means if Fry Lindenbaum's father's father's grandparents were the wealthiest Jews in Russia, you know that RV. I think I... Brodsky and Polakov. He's at the, they built the railroad, the Trans-Siberian Railroad. They're the biggest bankers. They're, I mean, from, they're the top five wealthy Jewish, or Polakov, the great Coral Synagogue in Moscow, you know, that, that's still there today. His great-grandparents built, okay? So, I mean, they were extraordinarily wealthy. What's the tea company in Israel? Wisotsky? They were also... Uh, Gunsberg, you know, a few other families that are very well-known families. They got the passes to live in St. Petersburg at the time of the Tsar. I know his grandmother. What? Both his grandmothers, actually. Yeah, so his father's father's grandmother. His father's father's grandmother. Okay, his father's grandmother. Yeah. It's Linden, they married into Lindenbaum, which is some safer. Mm-hmm. But his father's grandmother, they were from the rich Polakoff. She was a Polakoff. That was, that's like saying Zuckerberg in today. Like, you know, or Brin, you know, like, that's what they were. They were so extraordinarily wealthy Jews in anti-Semitic Russia. Within weeks of the October Revolution, 1917, they had lost every penny. It, who took the pennies? The government. Big, big Russia. That was gone. Not only them, but many of these people. Uh, watch out for Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not funny, but it happens to me. You don't you know, like I, I remember somebody was he's in his, recreational, really. He's uh, sort of He should look at his nineteen sixties writings and we'll talk about recreational. He's uh, wealthy himself, evidently. Yeah, well yeah, well, I am not I'm not I'm not comparing I'm 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 just joking about Sanders. Uh, I'm not comparing him to, 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 to Trotsky or, or Lenin, but they, they they you know, I actually I grew up in Miami Beach. The, the original Cuban population in Miami Beach were all the upper middle class and wealthy people who left the 1960s. Later, the 1980s, the Havana, the, the boat people, the Miro boat people were coming over. But the all, and they hated communism until today. When you speak to the Cubans in Miami, it's, they're, they're an anomaly. They're very Republican. You know, Marco Rubio, these people, Ted Cruz is from that background. They're very, like, they were like, they're not like the Mexican community because they, the, Cuban. the Cuban community were all the original community especially were all the, uh, the middle class well, upper the, middle class they were the true talent of Cuba yeah, they were true talent of the, they were the wealthiest com- country of, not only Caribbean of South America they were the, they were the industrial because the Jews of the Caribbean right um, but the point is I'm not, I'm not trying to get you can lose money tomorrow you don't know my wife's grandfather is a survivor in Auschwitz he said the only thing you could take with you is your head you know even your jewels if you don't have something to take with you he was very into education for that reason because he felt that you don't know when you have to travel. That's how Jews lived for many years. You know, uh, you don't have to live for, for many years. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You could take your education with you. You may not be able to take your gold. That's how, by the way, some survivor mentality because they live that way. You can't, uh, you can't transfer that. By the way, if you look at the Russians who left communist Russia, the ones that came to Israel were successful, were educated. No, you only largely, if you had no education when you, when you made Aliyah, 
Right? They had no money. All of them had no money. So they were able to, to, to do something. Now, some of them had to be re-educated. Some of them's degrees did not work. But there's no question, by the way, that if you look at the, the, the you know, people talk about Israel, the, again, the Russian immigration to Israel had lots of religious problems. And it was actually sociologically destructive on many levels. But economically, a lot... Uh, They're all doctors. Uh, They're all doctors. Well, a lot of them are also computer. A lot of the, a lot of the people, a lot of the boom in well, Israel's computer industry was the same yeah, time... It, it, you need doctors in computer science. Yeah, yeah the, a lot well, of them... PhD the, doctors. It, the, it would, you know, Israel was not a tech power. Obviously, I like to talk about the army and the cybersecurity. But a lot of it also had to do with the amount of engineers that came into Israel, a disproportionate amount in the 1990s, a disproportionate amount of engineers had come into Israel. So you had the original were, were, were them. Now, again, things have changed Israel today. You know, the best job in Israel, people think, is tech. So there are more jobs in that than anything else. Is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is that it's that way. Okay. But the point is, is that if you don't have education, just going back to where we're still talking about over here, you know, then, then you don't know what tomorrow brings and you can end up asking for charity. Right? You could, you could, people lose it and they look at the, of a means of honest, if you have a, something you can do, you have always something to fall back on. Okay? Uh, so you can it's, it's recovered. I, I'll tell you personally, I'm not going to get to my own personal story too much, but when I went to law school, um, you know, there were many different angles uh, about it. But one of the things I asked myself is I had family businesses I could have went to. And I've seen this very often. My wife's family had a business. Um, the people go to the family business, and what happens if it doesn't work? You ever work for a family? You know what? Family business, working for family, is, it sounds ideal. And sometimes it's very, people are very, very happy, very successful. Let's say it doesn't work out. So you work for your family business for eight, nine, ten years, and then what happens? Nothing. You have nothing. You really have nothing. You're, and, 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 and when you're there, you, feel, you, you know that you have nothing. So every day you feel like you're stuck. It's not a good. I'm, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not telling you if there are certain families you grew up in the family, you think you could do this, and then that's great. The, the, but there, there are other things, that you, you, or you're, you just feel you're stuck, and it's not a good feeling to have uh, as well. And, and if you do leave, you're, you're really in nowhere's land. Um, so that's another angle. You can, you can always work in your job, and you can be covered. You should also there's an, an area um, that's better in in, 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 a, in a profession more than pure business. Now there's, no, there's a fact that if you look at American Jewry, Orthodox Jewry, let's, let's talk about right now, Torah Jewry, that the biggest givers of charity are business people, real estate, nursing homes, diamonds. Other, they, they have the most excess cash. If you're a lawyer or a computer tech person. Some, so in the valley, there are some people who do well, but in other places, but it's salary based. It's salary based. You're, you're limited in it. You're, no one's making uh, fifty to hundred million dollars in a year. It doesn't happen ever in those types of jobs. You know, if you're a school teacher, you may have a great job and maybe doing good things for the world, but you're not going to be giving, you know, eight million dollars to charity that year. That doesn't happen. Um, you know, so assuming you're not in the, in the you're, you're an employee. You're an employee and not in a business, so you you you, you may not have as much money. It's usually 
it's it's but it's not just that business people have one more to give; they feel much more. It's the reality of the necessary to give to God. Like they feel like they they feel more at risk. Like they want to like buy their their success, which is a good thing. Torah Jews, it's a good feeling. It's, they if they feel it's not just up to them, they realize they need more schosim, right? It's like. It, 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 it's if you're a salaried person, you feel okay. Ha- next week I'll make that. You, you always know you, you have a contract and you make two hundred thousand dollars a year, and this is what you make. You're, so you don't f- have that feeling. It's also a feeling, a heritage. Like I don't know where my next. I can make fifty million. I can make nothing. I can make, well, not fifty for most people. I can make five hundred thousand. I can make nothing. You know, there are people it's fifty million or nothing. Also, so you there's also a a, a, a uh, a, a, a desire to feel a connection for Schosim, which again, for Torah is an amazing thing. Which, but it's a feeling that like you feel like you need you need God's help more very often if you're you're in this. Um, but but it's also much more nerve wracking, you know. Um, you, typically, if you have a, a job. You don't you don't have to, to cross as many seas. You're not as desperate uh, to make money because you're 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 a salary employee. Now there are certain jobs that your job is to do that. Then you know, that's your job. You take all kinds of loans within the kolba akafa. You know people want to start their own business. I always tell them just realize it could be very rewarding. It could be very taxing. You know. Um, today, many doctors in today's role, when I was younger, a doctor, everyone would be sole practitioners. Today, very few doctors would be sole practitioners. One of the reasons is, is because if you deal with insurances, you know, a million things to deal with if you're your own person. And if you work for Kaiser, you go there, you work, you leave. It's like, you don't have that lachatz that you have of your, if you're, you're in your, I'm sorry, that's in, in your own thing. Um, you know, I will tell you just also, that again, you talk about being stealing because when you're in your own business, it's you cannot get paid at all. <laughs> it's all or none for many people, and you feel much more. It's much easier to steal if you're an employee. You're, you're working for a company. It, 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 you're not. If you're in the CEO position, you may look for certain, Ill, uh, you know, illegal things. There are very few employees, unless they're unless they're. they're uh, they're underpaid and they feel like they can steal from the company itself. Like if you work for, you know, Safeway and you feel like, you know, you steal some potato chips, whatever it is, or you don't get enough money. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about most employees in, in Google or, or Facebook or nothing. Else. If you're in, in, in a, if you own a company, if you own a, if you own a, a, if you own a store, you know, you give me cash. This like you feel like much more of a need to do. There's no question that. There's a bigger it's hard to steal if you're in, in business than just working for somebody. <laughs> you get your salary, you're set. You don't feel that that need to to you know, especially if you have a, you know a nice middle class salary or upper middle class. You're not going to feel that need to steal. You may want to steal from the government, not pay taxes. That's a different story. But I'm talking purely this. It's, it's, it's a husband how how people go. Um, you know, we'll hold here. I'll finish up about jobs next week. But I, you know, one thing I'll just say is, you know, most of the people here are, are uh, either uh, done with your career search. Some st- are, are first starting, like some of the people on the left over there. Uh, but you know, certainly the Torah has a lot to say about it. It's probably 
from the most crucial decisions. It's, it's amazing to me. Uh, it's mind-boggling to me that most even people, the career paths they take, they're young boys and, some, and girls uh, who make these decisions that when they're very immature, <laughs> often don't think through these things very carefully. And the consequences of that, those decisions at a very young age, you know, if you from, come from a good, good mishpacha, a good home, you have guidance. But it's certainly the Torah's guidance. It's certainly a person has to be thinking very carefully about these decisions. These are not light decisions. After who you marry, probably the career you take is going to be the most impactful decision you'll have in this world. Okay, we'll hold there. Thank you.